0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All fans and citizens of Perfectville, everywhere, we are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online in a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone but now something stirring that will change this place forever perfect welcome to perfect bill your first place podcast for your second place and last place Miami Dolphins, part of the Believe Podcast Network, presented by commercial-free this week, betonline.ag, and the reason they are commercial-free, by the way, I'm Sam Marcou, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about the good doctor, Dr. Christopher Cullen. Before I get to the reason why we're commercial-free here, Chris, good doctor, how in the hell are you, my friend? Yeah. Well, there you go. The official diagnosis of Dr. Chris Cullen. Well, he may be feeling ugh, but I'm feeling yay because uh, we are commercial free this week. A very, 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 very special episode of Perfect Bill. And the reason for that is because ding dong, the witch is dead. The wicked witch, the wicked witch is dead. Jakeem Grant, number 19 himself. Is no longer on the Miami Dolphins. He is now a part of the Chicago Bears organization. He is their problem now. The Miami Dolphins ship him off to Chicago for a sixth round pick in the year, 3,428. And we're totally fine with it, Chris.
1: Yeah, it's funny. The Cowboys then uh, later in the day cut former first, second round pick Jalen Smith, and the Patriots today cut. Stephon Gilmore. However, the Dolphins are somehow able to get draft capital. But although, you know, it'll be when I'm 4,800 years old because it's so far away. That's how much we, little we care about this guy.
0: It really doesn't matter what they got in return. If they had just said, you Grant is no longer on the Miami Dolphins. We would still be doing this podcast. But for anybody who doubts Chris Greer, the fact that we can get any sort of draft capital back uh, <laughs> is, is really a godsend. And I don't care who the pick is in 2023, which is when the pick actually is. Whoever that pick is, Chris, I am going to root for. They will be my favorite player. I will get a custom jersey of that backup right guard or whoever it's going to be because it's no longer Jakeem Grant, and I'm so happy about this. Uh, okay, I just want to I want to point out some things here, Chris. 91 receptions for 1,001 yards, five touchdowns. That would be an amazing season for any wide receiver. Unfortunately, that is Jakeem Grant's career over <laughs> six seasons from my Miami Dolphins, 91 receptions, 1,000 yards, five touchdowns. That's good for 14 yards per game on average and 1.2 receptions per game. Talk about production. How do the Miami Dolphins replace this type of re- production uh, now that Jakeem Grant has gone, Chris?
1: It's funny. I will hope somebody does some uh, stats or studies. It, it, like You get drafted in the sixth round, and you know you're probably sitting there with a chip on your shoulder. And I'm going to show them what I got, this and that. You play six years in the league, and you know put stuff on tape, and you're still just worth a six round pick.
0: <laughs> well, I kind of look at that like I actually look at the way uh, we trade because usually in the NFL you trade four draft picks. Um, You know, like if you're Aaron Rodgers and you were to be traded, you're, you're going to get multiple first round picks or multiple picks, which means he's a plus player, right? Because it took one first round draft pick to get Aaron Rodgers. You're probably going to get a first rounder and others if you were to trade for Aaron Rodgers. So I look at it as like a plus, right? And if you look at um, the Miami dolphins, you know, picked a uh, picked somebody in the second round and then they trade them for like a fifth round pick. That's kind of a minus player. It just it didn't quite work out. The value wasn't there. I guess Jakeem grant has lived up to the expectations of what a sixth round pick is, but I don't know for good some for reason. Yay. Yay. Good for you. But I mean, at, at some point it's so weird to me to, to talk about happy that a sixth round pick is gone, but he's got to be the most overrated 6th round pick of all time. Like people talked about this guy. Like he was the next Tyree kill. He thought he was the next Tyree kill, uh, except he forgot to bring the ball with him every single time. He tried to do a Tyree kill impression. So I don't know. I mean, look, the guy has 11 total touchdowns. That's receptions, rushing the ball, punt returns, kick returns. He has 12 fumbles. He's got more fumbles than touchdowns in his career. Chris. I mean, that's ridiculous. Is that good? it is not good. I don't believe that's good. I think that's the opposite of good. I believe that's Grant. But it's it's just one of those things where coming out of the Colts game, the original script that we had for this show, the theme was that somebody needed to lose their job. Somebody needed to be demoted. Somebody needed to be cut. Somebody needed to be fired. And I don't know if it was going to be one of our five offensive coordinators, if it was going to be our GM, or if it was going to be a player. Uh, the Miami Dolphins must have read my Google doc and said, oh, that's a good idea because they did exactly that. Jakeem Grant is now the scapegoat for what is happening for the Miami Dolphins this season. And he lost his job. And quite frankly, he should have. Here's the part that's asinine to me, Chris. I've been on this podcast for at least the last three years. So half of Jakeem Grant's career here saying he doesn't belong on this team. He's not good. He's not even worth the punt returns, kick returns. He's not worth it. And I said, coming into this season, that he was going to be cut. And what did the Miami Dolphins do? They guaranteed his contract. They gave him a contract restructure. And I'm just sitting here pulling my hair out going, how in the hell is this possible? And then you have Will Fuller who gets hurt again. You have Albert Wilson, who's not living up to what he, we thought he was going to be in preseason. And I'm going, this guy's going to be on the team for the rest of my life. He's never going to leave. They finally pull the trigger, get rid of him. And I'm thinking, great, I'm happy, I'm excited. But why didn't this happen four weeks ago? Here's Here are the stats for Jakeem Grant so far this season. Okay, we talked about his career stats. Here are his stats for this season. Are you ready for this? I don't know if we're going to be able to handle this much productivity in one stat line.
1: Yeah, it's going to blow everybody's mind.
0: Two receptions for negative seven yards and two fumbles. Two fumbles lost, by the way. So literally the Miami Dolphins would have been better off if he just never existed this season. (laughs) They would have what more last
1: play as a Miami Dolphin is him getting fucking ragdolled for a loss of seven yards that, after that pitiful performance, at catching a punt, which is literally your only fucking job.
0: I mean, that 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 game was the epitome of what Jakeem Grant is. He cannot break tackles. He cannot do anything in the in the receiving game. And he's spotty at best as a punt returner, kick returner, because he doesn't have good hands. How are you a wide receiver in the league and you can't catch the fucking ball? That's the biggest problem with Jakeem Grant. It's not that he's small. It's not that he's fast or anything like that. It's that he can't hang on to the ball. And I don't understand why he can't, but that's the the stat line that everyone needs to know here in 2021. The Miami Dolphins wide receiver, Jakeem Grant, two receptions, minus seven yards and two fumbles lost. Congratulations, Miami Dolphins. You are now a better team strictly, And literally, subtraction, you know, addition
1: by subtraction at this point. Just get rid of him, and you're better off on the stats. Yeah, the 2023 six-round pick can't hurt us as much as Jakeem Current did. It's something with this fan base and undersized receivers. Everybody loves, ever since Wes Welker, right? So, Wes Welker was ours. We signed him from the Chargers, I think, practice squad. All of a sudden, he's a Swiss Army knife for us. Everybody loves the guy. He's smart. The lunch pail guy. Dad was a coach. First one in, last one out. Blah, blah, blah. And he went to New England and, and dominated, was was a fantastic receiver. Then we see, we get Greg Camarillo, and we get Brian Hartline, and, you know, Jakeem Grant comes in. Everybody's all about these, you know, the hoopla of these undersized receivers, you know, Devon Best, what they can do for you. And they're not that good. Like, our fan base just hypes. These guys all up, Like in all respect to Greg Camarillo, Brian Hartline, Devon Best, they did nothing after leaving the Miami Dolphins. The reason they were so good with us is because how bad the roster was around them. And here we are, the fans hype them up, this and that. But guys, they're not great receivers. Jaqueline Grant was not a great receiver. And I'm telling you right now, the number 19 is completely cursed (laughs) here in Miami. You got, you know, again, Brandon Marshall, I think Legadoo Nene wore it or whoever else did. And then fucking Jakeem Grant. Is there a more cursed number of the Miami Dolphins in 19?
0: Uh, maybe uh, 1972, but there's still a 19 in there as well. But I will say this, uh, uh, Jakeem Grant. Okay, so you brought up 19. So I'm going to talk about this because I heard I saw this debate somewhere on social media. I don't know if it was Reddit or Twitter, but somebody said that he was a better Miami Dolphin than Ted Ginn Jr both number 19s, who would you rather have if you could erase one from the history books for the Miami Dolphins? Ted Gidd Jr., who was a first-round pick, or Jakeem Grant, who was a sixth-round pick? Very similar in terms of what their skill sets were, if you want to call it that, better return men than receivers. But who is a better pro for the Miami Dolphins, Ted Gidd Jr. or Jakeem Grant?
1: For the Dolphins, strictly, because Ted yes. Gidd had a pretty pretty nice you know career after us. I, I'd still go with Ginn. Exactly. Because he, he beat the Jets single-handedly like two or three times. Uh, those two kickoff returns, he you know talked shit to the crowd and then, you know, Henny DeGin in the orange jerseys on Monday Night Football. The, I mean, just stuff that stands out. The only thing Jakeem Grant stood out was catching a nice pass from Jay Cutler with a cigarette in his mouth against the Patriots, but did really nothing to cement his legacy as a Miami Dolphin. If you're going to count, who would you rather have or watch or enjoy Ted Ginn provided um, he provided memes too i mean like they had to drop it like it's hot song and, and they did videos of him dropping balls it was funny it was, it was fail forward fast we got this whole family head again is literally a, a statue of a meme of just how bad the dolphins were or and still are since that stretch of time jakeem grant literally shouldn't exist it, it, per your parameters of the game
0: yeah, I uh, I think I would rather have Ted Ginn Jr. versus Jakeem Grant, but I'd rather have Jakeem Grant's family for what it's worth. So Jakeem Grant's family can be not Ted Ginn Jr.'s family. Uh, but no, it's it's Ted Ginn Jr. versus Jakeem Grant. 100% Ted Ginn Jr. I mean, I don't even know why that would be a debate or how anybody could even justify taking Jakeem Grant in any situation. Um, I am a little bit sad here, Chris, and I'll tell you why. Because now that Jakeem Grant is gone, I am curious. This even came up on Twitter. Somebody said, what are you and Chris going to talk about now? <laughs> Since so much of our time is dedicated to you know making sure this little fucker got off our team. And now that he's off the team, they're like, I guess the podcast is over. Like, I don't know what you guys are going to talk about. So I threw it out to Twitter Nation. I threw it out to Dolphins Twitter. I put a poll up there last night and said, now that Jakeem Grant is gone, who is now the most hated person on the active roster or the 53 man roster. And I gave people three options to a of Iloa Austin Jackson and Noah Igbenagane. Now just sort of a coincidence. Those happened to be three first round draft picks from 2020, but they happen to be the most polarizing people on the team at this point, in my opinion. And uh turns out not that polarizing at all here, Chris 79% of the people <laughs> said Austin Jackson is the most hated guy on the roster at this point. So, um, I guess we'll talk about him going forward. We'll we'll get rid of Jakeem Grant. I mean, we talked about Dallas Thomas forever. He got off the team. We had to move on to somebody else. We talked about Juice. He was off the team. We talked about Adam Gase. He was fired. Jakeem Grant, he's gone. I guess, uh, you know, it's time to make sure that Austin Jackson could be employed elsewhere at some point. So uh, to answer the question of everybody out there, that's who we're going to talk about. Austin Jackson going forward. We'll have the Austin Jackson counter. We'll have all kinds of fun stuff just to
1: pick on Austin Jackson because we're nice guys, Chris the Sam and Chris Perfectville kiss of death uh, <laughs> we talked about you uh, Sam uh, admittedly much more hated Jakeem Grant than I did I mean you made it a part of your like they say you should have like fiber as your daily diet your part of your daily diet was hating Jakeem grant any chance you can on Twitter social media and on this glorious show so I knew you're the happiest of anybody when that happened, the first thing I did was tweet at you and how excited you were. And I think race actually had a almost spot on similar tweet to me at the same time. Everybody knows how excited you must've been.
0: Well, it was, it was hilarious. And, and this is where I want to get your take. Cause uh, I actually have a, a story about race as well, when it comes to the okayest fantasy football league ever. And as it pertains to Jakeem grant, but uh I was actually in a meeting, I was in a meeting with some people and uh, I just happened to look down at my phone and saw a bunch of people on Twitter tagging the perfect bill <laughs> pod Twitter. And I'm going, okay, something happened. And I didn't know exactly what it was. It's uh, either Watson I, or Grant. <laughs> exactly. It was one of those two. Right. And, uh, and, and, and I'm curious, I know where I was, I was sitting uh, in 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 a chair looking at my phone and found out on Twitter, I think Lot Ledemza or uh, maybe uh, Jeremy Hagan, who's in our okayest fantasy league. It might've been one of their tweets that I saw first and realized that Jakeem Grant was gone. Where were you when this monumental occasion in our lives happened here, Chris? I mean, we all know what happened. We all know where we were when nine 11 happened. We know where we were when we met our significant other. We know how we were and what, you know, what time of day it was when our kids were born. So these big events in our lives, these marquee events, that have happened. We will never forget them. I believe this rises to that level. Where were you when you found out Jakeem Grant would no longer hurt the Miami Dolphins?
1: Yeah, I was actually taking my afternoon, Jacoby Brissett, and uh, was on my phone, saw it on Twitter, and just immediately lit up. There he is. We actually got something for him. I saw a Tom Palacero uh, tweet and made sure, first of all, it wasn't fake because those have been flying I, I get recently. bit by that so many times right now. <laughs> Oh man. Uh and then I made sure to retweet it and like it and tweet you immediately. So yeah, I was in the middle of taking a shit and uh um the, or you know the Jacoby preset I was taking. And um it, it was fantastic. And I love that you just compared jakeem Grant to 9-11 and my son being born, but there you go. Uh, and
0: just all very significant <laughs> moments in our life. And I I, I find it very, very um poetic that you found out about Joaquim Grant. No longer being on the Miami Dolphins, while you were in the middle of dropping something brown and round, because that's what Jakeem Grant is known for from Miami Dolphins is just taking his shit all over the field, dropping that brown round football all over the field. You were doing the exact same thing, just in uh, a more literal context. Um, yeah, I, I look, I uh, I I wish him well. Uh, we we both know he's returning two yeah. kicks. We both know he's returning two kicks for touchdowns for the Chicago bears this week. And we're just going to sit there and go fuck my life because that's what happens here, Chris. We've had three linemen that we cut that we had in camp this season that have gone on to the Raiders that have gone on to the reds, uh, the Washington football team. And, uh and, and uh, gosh, even, even Matt Scura, who we let go is now like a, a, a kick-ass right guard for the New York giants. So, Three linemen that we let go have turned in to be really, really good professional offensive linemen this season. What's our number one weakness right now? Offensive linemen. Furthermore, I, I heard this yesterday, and it absolutely floored me, Chris. Charles Harris. Charles Harris. Yes, that Charles Harris has more sacks this season than anybody on the Miami Dolphins. Can you believe this horseshit?
1: Yeah, I can. I call it the Reggie Dansby effect. Okay, so this is like my scientific thing. Reggie Bush, his only good, like real, real good part of his career was with us randomly. It's really weird. Like he was okay with the Saints a Gadget player. We turned him into an actual running back, and he got over 1,000 yards uh, and did well before injury. Carlos Dansby is the proof, though. He is the actual, if you have a theory and a hypothesis, my hypothesis is whoever comes to the Dolphins sucks, and whenever they go, they're amazing. Um, Carlos Dansby, if you look at his career, fantastic pro bowler for the Cardinals, comes to us, eh, leaves, goes back to Arizona after getting paid by Sperano and uh, you know, Bill Barcells, and it goes to a Pro Bowl again. Dude, it's the it's a Reggie Dansby effect. It's like a butterfly effect. Carlos Dansby is proof. Um, it, it just, it's just an anomaly that it's it's gotta be just our coaching. It, it, uh, we are not producing talent and progressing players. I even mentioned it earlier before bringing up the Dansby effect, Ted Ginn had a better career after re- leaving us. It's just the way it goes. You're absolutely right. And, and it's, it's goes back to the point of Nolan Carroll and Jimmy Wilson, how they talked about like not really getting a lot of, um, you know, TV time and things like that because we're not on national games and stuff because we're not good. Jarvis Landry, perfect example. We knew that guy was a monster. No, we talked about it outside of South Florida until He goes to the Cleveland Browns of all teams, which I just love that Adam Gase sent him there to get him, you know, send him to like the the dumpster fire of Cleveland. And now he's like playing in playoff games and stuff and winning divisions. So we're absolutely cursed, Sam. I said it on Twitter when after on Monday said I woke up and we still lost to a winless Colts team with half their team on the IR at home. That we lost to that team. That's us. We're bad. We're cursed. It's it's the Tequesta Indian burial ground. My dad said it, and I believe him.
0: Well, and, and we are not a very good football team, and I think it's going to be a long season at this point. I think we can admit that after four games. I mean, Jacoby Brissett is not the bee's knees at this point. I mean, he he's he's throwing – you know how some quarterbacks throw their wide receivers open? He's throwing our wide receivers injured. I mean, he had Will Fuller wide open for a first down, throws it into the dirt. Will Fuller tries to go get it. He's made of glass. He breaks, breaks his breaks finger. His he's finger. back out. And you're like, of course, Jacoby to Brissett to Will Fuller. What could go wrong? Um, it's very famously known at this point now – That uh, Jalen Waddle is just open at all times. He's just open all over the field, and he can't seem to find him. I mean, uh, people are breaking down a certain play where he uh, was coming across the middle over the top, and uh, Jacoby Brissett checked it down to I don't know somebody like Miles Gaskin or Sivan Ahmed for like It was Mike Brown,
1: even worse. Like our receiving running backs, he's our blocking and short yardage running back, and that's who he checked it down to. It's just you can't make the shit up.
0: Jalen Waddle was open for a touchdown. I mean, in the game before with the Raiders, they even said on commentary that Mike Kosicki was open down the middle of the field for a big gainer, and he missed him completely. Devontae Parker isn't getting the ball until the fourth quarter, and is out there making circus catches. I am pleased to hear that the Miami Dolphins said that they're going to come out and try to get the ball to Devontae Parker a little bit earlier. Maybe, maybe you want to do that because he's a pretty good wide receiver. He's not the greatest in the world, but he's pretty good. He's certainly no Jakeem Grant. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, we're not a very good football team right now. So it's really hard to have good news, which is why I'm so excited that Jakeem Grant is no longer on this football team here, Chris. I mean, it's just, uh, what is your favorite Jakeem Grant
1: moment? <laughs> Oh man. Honestly, I'm going to steal it from whoever did it on Twitter. And it's sad he didn't get the ball, but it's when he high-fived Albert Wilson on the long touchdown run. And I remember all of us yelling and laughing about how cool it was that we were broke so far away from them. They were able to high-five mid-run before they got to the end zone. So historically that picture resonates and he didn't even do anything, but just catch up and high-five them.
0: I think the fact that the favorite moment, the most iconic moment in Jakeem Grant's career is something that you and I could replicate if we were on the field. <laughs> Let's do Speaks right volumes. It's it. right now. We're
1: doing it. Oh. We're high-fiving.
0: <laughs> it's it's just like you know, it's like that argument about whether bowling is a sport. And I maintain that if I can bowl on the same lanes as a professional, then it's not a sport, right? Like if I can't I can't go and play football in Miami or, you know, anywhere where there's a professional stadium, they won't let me, I can't go to Dodger stadium and swing the bat. Uh, I can't necessarily get on every golf course and play, but I can go to any bowling alley in the world and bowl. Therefore it's not a sport. If your highlight of your career is high fiving a wide receiver Guess what? I high-fived that same wide receiver at Sinbad's in South Florida during an autograph session. You're not an athlete. You're not a wide receiver. You shouldn't be a professional football player, Jakeem Grant. I'm so happy that you're off this Miami Dolphins team. We are dedicating an entire podcast. We suspended guests. We suspended commercials. We suspended everything that we normally do that has made us successful here in the town of Perfectville to mark this moment on our calendar Uh, because it's that big this is like when a township becomes a city the town of perfectville is now maybe the city of perfectville because jakeem grant is no longer in our town goodbye from perfectville you stupid fucking asshole
1: (laughs) somehow some way this guy's gonna listen to this (laughs) he's gonna hear this damn and uh oh what's he gonna do
0: What's he gonna do? He's gonna get like this will somehow get to his ear pods and then his ear pods will fall out of his ears. That's what's gonna happen. Like there's just absolutely nothing Joaquin Grant. I'm not scared of Joaquin Grant whatsoever at all.
1: Yeah, unless we're racing for like you know tri- a trial run to make an Olympic sprinting team, I'm not really worried about Chikin Grant. For
0: a guy that's that fast, it obviously it took him an awful long time to get the fuck out of town. That's all I'm saying. I mean, it should have should have happened. I mean, you say you're so fast and you can get from here to there faster than anybody else in the league. How come it took you six years to get to Chicago? You piece of shit. Um,
1: hey, at least he went to Chicago and not New England or. You know, uh, uh, the Jets, where he just tears apart. He's going to go hang out in a windy city where it's freezing cold. Like you said, he'll probably have a few kick returns. He's going to be playing with a uh, very small chip on his very small shoulders. And um, the Chicago Bears fans will love him for what he is. And then he'll, he'll eventually, in a random regular season game after the hype is worn off, Start pissing everyone off. And that's the Wait, way we, it works.
0: When do we play the Bears next? Like, when is that on our schedule rotation? Because you're right. He's it, the, the Jakeem Grant revenge game where he's going to have a crumb on his shoulder is going to be, you know, uh, quite the spectacle. Now, I do have a question. That's another
1: butterfly effect, yeah. by the way. Revenge games only work against us. It, I mean, all the hoopla and talk of Jacoby Brissett's revenge game against the Colts. He checks down the entire game and just completely loses uh man. That was a did, fucking terrible moment. Did you game.
0: hear, did you hear the commentary on this where Jacoby Brissett, who's really good friends with uh, Darius Leonard, who's a linebacker for the Colts who uh famously two weeks ago, pretty much became, uh, you know, a joke in the NFL because of what Derek Henry did to him, which, you know, there's no shame in that because it's Derek Henry, but, Darius Leonard was talking to Jacoby Brissett up to that game and asked him, what are you seeing on film? And Jacoby Brissett (laughs) reportedly said, I'm watching you get railroaded by Derrick Henry. And then what happens? Darius Leonard has the game of his fucking life, including a fumble recovery that he almost returns for a touchdown. So talk about revenge games. Don't even talk shit to to the guy on the other team, even if he's never played for us, because it's going to come back to bite us, Jacoby Brissett, you moron. But uh, you're right. We don't have revenge games for our people going back to, um, I mean, even go back to Dante Culpepper when he went to the Raiders and then he ran like two in and was looking at his knee going, it's okay. His knee. Yeah. yeah oh it, gosh. Is. So it just, it's, it's a reverse curse to your point about uh, former Dolphins players only having revenge games against the Dolphins. Our guys going to Miami, having revenge games against their former team doesn't seem to happen whatsoever. Um, now, there is one thing that we do need to talk about though, uh, about the current team because Keem Grant's not on the current team, but he is gone. You do now need somebody who's going to return punts and kicks. Um, who is the, who's the number one option for that? Is that Jalen Waddle, Chris, or is there somebody else you have in mind?
1: Probably Waddle uh, or Gaskin since he's not doing anything else. I and mean, we don't, he seemed to, I even tweeted, I think he like punched Flores, mom in the face or something, obviously because Brown started the game and Achman got more Gaskins the one or two touches all game. I mean, it's just, I have no idea what our offensive coordinators are doing. So yeah, probably uh Waddle or Gaskins, even though Waddle has had uh, few j- drops as well as explosiveness more than makes up for it
0: yeah I think Jalen Waddle is probably your number one bet I know Noah Igbenogane last season did some punt returns and kick returns as well and maybe this is a way to get him active during games because right now he's not even active he's uh he's he's basically uh
1: he's Williams. not hurt guys it's just a, just a healthy scratch he literally just is not good enough to be one of the 53 men to help our football team on a Sunday and he was a First round pick.
0: We, yeah, yeah. We uh, thank God for Nick Needham because if, if Nick Needham wasn't anything, we'd be looking at this cornerback going. We have nobody, and we spent all this draft capital behind their starters. That's cr- that's crazy. So I don't know. I think it's going to be Noah Igbanaga. I think this is a way to get him on the field to make him active and uh, see what he can do. Maybe he can contribute on defense for some level too. I don't know, but probably not considering, like you said, he can't even get himself active for game day. But uh, you know, that's that's uh, that's what we'll find out when we lose to the Tampa Bay. Buccaneers on Sunday, uh, 37 to 10. Uh, that's my official prediction. We'll get oh, 10 here. points
1: against uh, the good defense. Wow.
0: You know, what's crazy is that I, I, I predicted 27 to 10 victory against the Colts. And I said that we'd have a late, they'd have a late touchdown to make it closer. And it almost turned out to be the exact opposite. It was like 27 to 10 in the fourth quarter. And I'm like, Oh my God, I got this completely backwards. Um, but no, I, I, I heard not. a
1: stat yesterday, the dolphins in two home games, have been blown out. I think a combined 67 to 16 or 17. Seventeen. Absolutely yeah. abysmal.
0: Well, look, and, and and we we talked about this in the last podcast, and we're not gonna spend a lot of time because we actually have to go, but the defense doesn't get a pass from me. I know what you're saying. This offense is so bad that nobody can even look at the defense, and that's true. But I want to say in the last three games, Chris, the last three games that the Miami Dolphins have played, all losses, the Miami Dolphins defense has given up at least 20 unanswered points. They did it to the Bills, they did it to the Raiders, and they did it to the Colts. You can't give up three scores to the other team and expect this offense to carry you back to victory. You can't do it. They have to figure out a way to get better. Now, Jalen Phillips is looking better. Javon Holland looks good. So the rookies, in my opinion, are starting to step up their game. I'm really excited to see what Jalen Phillips can do. I think he answered the call. I called him out last week. He played really well against the Colts. Um, But they got to do more. They got to get more than one turnover to keep the streak alive. They have to get more. They have to rip that ball. They got to get some interceptions because this offense, at least until Tua comes back, hopefully – is going to get you maybe ten, maybe thirteen points, um, and that's right. just the
1: reality. Well, and the thing is, too, like you'd think you some kind of optimism. You're like, oh, the uh, uh, Tampa's really hurting. Their DBs are uh, injured. Winfield went out last week against the Patriots. But the best part for them is they can just sign eight linebackers, run a eight man box, and play cover zero or cover one because we're not going to throw it more than seven yards down the field and just keep everything in front of you. It's like we're literally trying to be Mac Jones, and it's Jacoby Brissett. Right? It doesn't make any sense with Parker, Giseki Waddle, and even Wilson, who has like 737 drops, and he's been inactive for a game. So that's fun.
0: Well, speaking of being inactive for a game, Austin Jackson has 20 quarterback pressures attached to him, and he's only played that three good? games. No, it wouldn't be good if he played in four games. He's only played in three because he didn't play week one. How is that man supposed to handle Vita VA? I mean, that's just not going to happen. So this is going to be a bloodbath. I got, I got the, I got the Buccaneers dropping thirty on us. Uh, how do you see this game figuring out on Sunday?
1: I think Reed Sennett finishes the game just because Ndamukong Sue might actually fucking brain damage Jacoby Brissett with Vita Vay, Sue, uh, Levante David. These guys that they have up front are absolute fucking animals. Uh, JPP, you know, with three fingers, we'll just fist Jacoby Brissett. Um, and Reed Senate will probably finish the game. This is going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be terrible. Tampa's going to just come out and blow us out. Brady's going to be all let's go and running around because he, he had that. It's not going to be a hangover after new England. He came out of there with a victory. Um, and it's just going to be really bad. It's going to be 38 to three. Tampa. There you go,
0: thirty-eight to three. I've got it, thirty-seven to ten. It's uh, not looking pretty for your Miami Dolphins here going into Week Five of this twenty twenty-one NFL week season. Week
1: Five, I picked us to win one time, Sam, and I've been right more times. Well, other, other than no, I'm sorry, two times. I picked us to beat the Colts, we, and so I'm two two for two, uh, and now picking another loss. But every time I pick a loss, I've been correct.
0: Yeah, well, uh, congratulations to you. You figured out that Yay. we suck way before everyone else. Um, <laughs> I I I just don't know guys. We'll uh, hang in there. You know, thankfully there's 17 games this year instead of 16 so we get to do this a little bit longer here Chris. Uh, but that's it, you know, on behalf of Christopher Colin, myself, the entire Believe Podcast network, for all the citizens of Perfectville and of course you, yes you, Jakeem Grant. Nothing left to say other than goodbye from Perfectville. Later.